This is a Mortarbox Media Podcast. For more podcasts and to learn how we can help you create your own, visit mortarboxmedia.com. Hey, welcome to Madison Story Slam, a very special episode. I'm your host, Adam Rosted, and on today's show, we are featuring two stories by Emily Schindler. The first one is actually from December 2017 from our event, The Nightmare That Is Christmas, and Emily shared a story that evening about being diagnosed with cancer. The second story is from Emily at our February event, with the theme scars just so you know the first recording is from a time that we were still kind of figuring out exactly what we were doing so there's a little bit of extra noise in the background of the recording it's not as uh crisp as the second recording but they're great stories and we wanted to feature them both because they are intricately intricately tied together Hey, if you could subscribe to the podcast if you're not already, and while you're there, leave us a rating and a review and help us grow that way. If you want to play a bigger part in the show financially, you can go to patreon.com slash madisonstoryslam where you can become a monthly patron of the show. All of that helps a ton, and we thank you for doing that. Hey, tomorrow, Friday, March 29th in Madison, Wisconsin at the Nomad World Pub, we are teaming up with Midwest Indie Comedy to help put on Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy. Come on out for that. Visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash madisonstoryslam for more info. And then on Saturday, April 20th at the Wilmar Center in Madison, Wisconsin, our storytelling event, Second Hand, is happening. So come on out for that. All right, enough from me. Here's Emily. Hello. All right, so point number one. I have literally never been to a story slam before, and now I'm doing this, so so great. Um, So my story is a title, uh, and it's called Christmas in the Sky Zone. Uh, Raise your hand if you know about Sky Zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I have been to Sky Zone two times this week. (laughs) And so this is going to be a story about my week for you. Okay. So Sunday, we'll start at Sky Zone number one. Uh, I have two children. They are four and six. They are named Henry and Vivian. Um, And my parents on Sunday took me and my children to the Sky Zone, and it is important for you to know that at that visit to the Sky Zone, I sat and watched my children just go nuts, you know, and it's really great when you're a mom and your kids are going nuts and you are just sitting there. (laughs) Like, it is so, so important to my existence, so, uh, and my parents just sat there too. Right, so we were all just watching our kid, watching the kids go nuts. It is important to also know that the Wednesday prior, so a week and a half ago, I had a biopsy that confirmed a recurrence of breast cancer. And so we were sitting there, and when you're in the sky zone, both 
the trampoline park and the atmosphere that you enter when you are diagnosed with cancer. You just kind of, you're sitting there just staring off like, what the hell is even happening right now, right? Like, I have that experience at Sky Zone anyways, right? It's chaos. There's kids running everywhere. People are literally jumping off of the walls. It's happening, right? Um, but on this particular time, I was like, what the hell is happening? Context. I was diagnosed the first time with breast cancer in April of 2015, and I was 31. My kids were four and one. Uh, and I have BRCA-associated... Uh, BRCA is this breast cancer gene? I don't know how much you need to know about that. But anyways, um, so I was diagnosed pretty early through, like, you know, early monitoring and all that stuff. And also, sidebar, I'm doing a PhD. Uh, <laughs> and, and have not taken any time off of my PhD while I've had cancer in my two children. I just feel like I need to say that into a microphone. Anyhow, so every semester I would have treatment and then surgery, right? And I just finished my last surgery last Christmas. So this was the one, right? This was the Christmas that I was not going to have cancer. Anyhow, Monday. So Sunday Sky Zone. Monday, call from oncologist. We got to get more cells. We don't have enough cells. We got to get more cells. We don't know what the tumor receptors are. Okay. But we don't know if we can biopsy you again. Just hang on. Okay. Tuesday. Nothing. Uh, Wednesday. Call from my oncologist again. She says, uh, yeah, so radiology will not biopsy that lymph node again because it turns out we shouldn't have done that in the first place. Because it's right near your lung and your rib and also the nerve that controls your arm. So I was like, oh, thank you for that. Uh, And so that's Wednesday. So she says, hang on. So Wednesday night, do you all know about my chart? Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday night, I'm like, motherfucker, (laughs) you're going to get it now. And I email my surgical oncologist, and I say, here's what's going to happen. You're going to do your surgery thing. You're going to get this fucker out right now, right now. Uh, It turns out that my surgical oncologist is a very forgiving woman, which is good, but also kind of scary. Like, I'm glad she's on my team. Um, She calls me the next day and is like, it's Thursday. She says, how about no? We can maybe get that out, but remember how we couldn't even do a biopsy there? The surgery is going to be 10 hours. 
So that's Thursday. On Fridays, my husband works at night. And uh, he's working tonight as well. He works at Gray's, if you go there. Tip heavily. Um, and I have the kids by myself. And so, you know, it's about 4.45. I pick my kids up at 5 from daycare. And by the way, I forgot to say, we did tell them on Monday. And my son, who has been through this before and remembers me going through chemo and losing my hair and doing the whole nine, um, he says, well, Mom, what kind of cancer do you think this is going to be? Do you think it's going to be the kind where you die? Or do you think you're going to have treatment and get better? He's six, so. And I go, I think it's going to be the kind where I have treatment and get better, but I'm glad we just got right to that, you know? Um, so it's Friday. I'm picking up my kids. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, what the hell am I going to do right now? And so I said, Sky Zone. <laughs> and we went back. And I did not sit on the side for Sky Zone this time. I was like, I am getting all of this. All of the trampolines. I am bouncing off the walls. I'm going to be the craziest person in here. And I was. And my son and I bounced into this giant, they have like, like this giant like inflatable mattress that you jump off a trampoline into, right? And we were doing, this, I mean, I probably did it like 50 times, like it was awesome. And I did it with my son, and you know, because I'm bigger, I create a bigger hole in the thing, and so then my kids would jump off and like just roll into it. <laughs> and so that naturally got me my sweet cuddle time with my children, right, in this mattress at Sky Zone. And my son, who, you're going to be like, who is this kid? But he said, Mom, this works so great because you make a bigger hole because you just keep gaining weight. <laughs> and then, but then he turned to me and he said, Mom, this is the best night. Thank you so much for being here. See ya. Stay tuned because coming up next is another story from Emily where she continues the story from this one. You won't want to miss it. Unfortunately, back during the time that Emily first told that first story, we weren't doing video. But we do video now, and this second story can be seen if you go to the show notes and you click the YouTube video and you can watch Emily tell her story. And just a reminder that the third Saturday of every month at 7 p.m. Central Time, you can go to facebook.com slash madisonstoryslam to watch our live events on Facebook and see the stories as they happen live from the comfort of your own home. All right, here's Emily with the rest of the story. So... The last time I was here, I had cancer. It's true. It's okay. Um, and I don't now. So. so that's 
good. I kind of thought, like, I have not, I've only, this is my second Story Slam participation time. And the first one, I just, like, wandered up here and was like, I have cancer in a very, like, Tig Notaro way, I guess. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I, I was like, okay, so today I'm going to come back and, you know, tell you guys something that's a little more planned out and maybe a little bit more coherent now that I'm through the worst of it. Um, and I thought, well, you know, but it is going to depress people. Like, it's pretty heavy. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And then, as it turns out, I'm pitching right down the middle of the plate for tonight. So, like, you know, it's all going to be okay. Um, so, the story I want to tell is about a scar in my DNA. Uh, I have a BRCA mutation that means that my body doesn't repair cancer cells at all. Um, and so when I was diagnosed with cancer, it was a crisis, but not a surprise. Um, my grandma died of cancer before I was born, and then my aunt died of cancer uh, in 2003, and my mother is only alive because she took preventative steps not to die from cancer um, in the 90s, before anybody knew that this was really genetic in the first place. And I'm also a mom. So it turns out that when you get cancer as a mother and being a sick mother, not a sick motherfucker, sorry, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a, sorry, that was in my head. I just had to let it out, okay. Um, but when you are a sick mother, uh, you realize that your body is not just yours. It also belongs to your children and also the scar that I was born with might be one that they also have. So I had a bilateral mastectomy in 2015 after I was diagnosed with cancer and some routine screening that I was doing because of my genetic status. Um, and the question that is running through your mind, let me just answer that to you, yes, they are. That was supposed to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I have fake boobs. That was the joke. Okay, sorry. Anyways. Um, so, <laughs> it's hard to recover from that. That's my husband. <laughs> so anyways, um, I had a bilateral mastectomy in 2015, in May of that year, and, um, you know, I kind of went into the surgery like, uh, you know, I had this BRCA thing, I've already kind of mourned that this was going to happen, in fact, I had had another surgery scheduled when I was diagnosed with cancer, so I was sort of like, this is really just a bump in the road, and I'll, you know, triumph and, like, look really good afterwards, so it's cool. Um, and, you know, the surgery itself was traumatic. Um, I remember trying not to cry when the doctors were drawing on me before the surgery. Um, I'm working with textiles a lot, and it, it strikes me that it's the same thing that a seamstress would do 
with a pattern on fabric. Um, so I woke up from the surgery, I was in a lot of pain, more pain than I had ever been in really, even with my like labors and C-sections of my two children who were uh, four and one at the time. And <laughs> I you know, asked to stay in the hospital an extra day my doctor, who I thought was being like a huge dick, was like, no, I want to get you out of here. And I was like, yeah, I've been like pushing the morphine button. Not the first, not the first time we've heard of that tonight, right? Um, for the last, you know, 12 hours, I don't think I can get up the stairs to my apartment and I cannot begin to think about how to let my children see, my, see me in this pain. Um, and she, you know, eventually let me stay. But now I know that she was trying to get me out of the hospital because that's where post-op infections live. So, as it turned out, this whole cancer thing was not like a bump in the road. Um, I had, they found more while I was, on, uh, during my mastectomy. And uh, it meant that I had to have chemotherapy. So in my first round of chemo, I also had a post-op infection, which meant that I didn't have any way to fight that at all. Uh, so I got really sick. Um, they put, you know, I was in the hospital for two weeks before they decided that they were going to take the tissue expander out of my chest that was causing the infection. And I would undergo many more reconstructive surgeries um, to gain this physique that you see here. Um, by the way, like my dad would be so proud of me right now that I'm standing up on a stage talking about my boobs. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> in any case. Um, and I had to have another surgery at, later in that year. Um, I had a hysterectomy to remove my ovaries and uterus um, because that's the best way to prevent yourself from getting breast cancer again. And so after having all of that, I was sort of, you know, I was mangled, essentially, uh, in the course of six months. And I had to find a way to show my children that my body was still the body of their mother. Um, and it was so hard. All I wanted to do was like find a sweatshirt and put it on and not come out of it ever. You know, just like the biggest, grossest, you know, like coyote sweatshirt. <laughs> um, but I have a daughter, and I also have a son. And I needed them to see that the definition of my womanhood and who I am was not fully contained in the body parts that define me as female. Because I want them to view other people like that. So it totally sucked. I had to like, you know, pull it together 
uh, inform myself. This is what we do as parents. It's great. Um, you know, I was still hiding in the locker room at the natatorium, which, by the way, if you have a mastectomy and you are not reconstructed and you have a hysterectomy, do not go and work out in a locker room full of 19-year-old girls. It's terrible in there. It was awful. I was, like, changing in a towel, trying to be, like, oh, I am a strong woman. I run the world, like Beyonce says. So, in any case, when I think about my scars, which are all over my body at this point, I've had seven surgeries, I've moved body parts around a lot. You know, I think about them as anchors for my femininity rather than markers, just markers, of what I've lost. And I think that that's kind of the moral, right? Like everybody, there's a reason why there's 17 people who want to tell a story tonight, right? Because the scars really end up being this place where it's both the complexity of our humanity is there. We survive and we lost things and we just keep going, which is the happiest ending that I get to offer you. Thank you. Thank you, Emily, for sharing both of these incredible stories with us about your journey through cancer and being a mom with cancer and just being a mom and all those things. Oh, this is the reason we do Story Slam is for stories like this, where people can get up and share their important stories that we can learn from, we can grow from, and grow community together through the power of stories. So thank you again, Emily, and everybody who's ever told a story from our stage. One more reminder that on Friday, March 29th, that's tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it came out, Friday, March 29th, 2019 at Nomad World Pub, we are helping produce Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy. We're teaming up with Madison Indie Comedy. Really, they are the ones producing it. We're just help promoting it and getting people in the door, and uh, we help with suggesting a storyteller and things like that. It's going to be a great time, so come on out to Nomad World Pub. You can hear some great comedy, some great stories, and all that stuff. Head to the Madison Story Slam Facebook page. You can see the event in our calendar, and while you're there, head to the Story Slam secondhand event. Tell us you're coming or that you're interested, and invite some friends. We can't wait to see you there at the Wilmar Center. All right, that's it. As always, I love you.